Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? <laughs> All right. So now, hey, Daryl, I'm going to flip this right back at you because this is the mood that I'm in. What's going on, Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a punchy podcast today. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what's going on. Uh, and I'm so excited about this. I've got uh, my book is coming out on June 9th. I'm writing an updated forward and some new things on the COVID crisis is called Revenue Growth Engine. And it is a sales and marketing alignment book full of strategies to help companies grow revenue. So I'm really, really looking forward to sharing that with the world. Larry, I got inspired by you writing a book. Uh, First of all, let me tell you, it is a lot of work. You put your heart into it, (laughs) but I'm also looking forward to sharing it with the world. And I really want to thank you for your encouragement along the way. It's it's meant, meant a lot to me. This is news to me. I had no idea you're writing a book, (laughs) Daryl. There you go. Uh, Hey, no, this is, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Thank you. And you can actually go to a bookstore uh, and that bookstore is Amazon. We got a little inside joke going here this morning, but you can go to Amazon and actually pre-order Revenue Growth Engine. And by the way, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it selling from the heart. And Larry, we've been talking the last few weeks about the Selling from the Heart Insiders group on Facebook. And I, I got to tell you, this I, I expected that it was going to be fun, uh, but I'm having more fun in that group than I expected to have. It is just the dynamic group of Selling from the Heart professionals that's gathering together is really, really cool. Yeah, it is. And, and here's what's interesting about it is everyone's bringing in a different opinion is bringing in a different flair, but the the whole common theme on why we're doing this is this around a sense of community. And I think if there's anything right now, and I'm beating a drum on this one is people Mm -hmm. are looking sales professionals out there are looking for a sense of community. And, and it's, and it's really interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll take you, I want to peel this thing back just really quick. I even had, I saw it just this morning. I haven't even told you about it. Someone just did a video on LinkedIn around the whole selling from the heart book, the experience, how they've invested in themselves over the last couple awesome. of months and have really gotten to know themselves. And I think that's the big thing. If, if you join the insiders group, you're really going to get to know who you are and bring the best version of yourself out to the marketplace. I love it. Absolutely. If you want to check it out, come join us. It's uh, sellingfromtheheart.net slash Facebook, and you can learn how to be involved. And um, it, it is just fantastic. We are going to have a fun discussion this week. I could tell from the green room pre-show <laughs> discussion that this is going to be a blast. Uh, Larry, why don't you introduce our guest and and let's just roll with this because this is going to be fun. Yeah, this is... Um it's going to be really interesting, and it's it's an honor to to bring Barry Coombs onto the podcast. But before I do, I got to give a little backstory because I'm going to give a special shout out to a near dear friend of mine, and this just goes to show you because we're going to be talking about it on the podcast how you build, grow, and nurture relationships. So a special shout out to Simon Harris because if it wasn't for Simon Harris, I don't meet Barry, 
and he doesn't read selling from the heart and listen to the podcast and so forth. That's what makes this thing really cool. We have a podcast listener of selling from the heart on the show and Barry and I struck up a really great friendship. He's a super great guy. He's a heartfelt leader. He's a managing director of an organization in the UK called computer world group. And I just go, the more I get to know him, the more I have conversations with Barry, the more I admire this guy. So without further ado, Barry, welcome to Selling from the Heart, man. Hi there, guys. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much for having me on. Uh, need to make sure. Uh, so, Chief Technologist, report to the Managing Director. Don't want him listening to this thing. I'm a bank stealer's job. I wouldn't want all that responsibility. Hey, hey John. Hey, sorry, John. <laughs> um, but no, absolutely uh, wonderful. And obviously, big shout out to Simon Hairs for, for connecting us up in the past. So, it's a great honor to be on the podcast. Yeah, Barry, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And you know the question that all of our guests get, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say to the question, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? So I've been thinking about this. I knew you were going to ask me the question. I walk in the English countryside every morning, and every time I think about it, it changes, and I decide to just not, not think about it in freestyle. Um, there you go. Go for it. Free, so, so, free flow. From my perspective, what does it mean? And, and it, it's all about, so with my position, I don't come from a sales background. I come from a technology background. I'm a, a pre-sales guy. I'm a technologist, and I actually didn't realize that I was a sales guy. Um, I was the secret sales guy. I was the person that was helping people. And the reason I got involved in, in uh, this industry is because I like to help people. Started on the service desk. I like to help people with their technology problems. Came through my career. I like to be able to help people with the technical solutions behind the scenes that make businesses work, that allow you to buy stuff in shops. So for me, it's all about helping people. It's all about being authentic. It's being there to, to uh, help people over their challenges and over their problems. Um, so that's what I think it means to me. I think that's powerful. And, and you know, if, it's so funny because we have all these preconceived notions about what it means to be a salesperson, but the word help, you know, being a helper probably is the best, most concise and accurate description of a sales professional that there is. Yeah, but okay. So, but let's let's peel this one back. And and I'm a big believer in help. And I think you, and Barry, I know you'll agree. Daryl will agree on this as well. We use the word help. So if you ask, you know, if you ask a sales professional out there, yeah, I enjoy helping my customers. I enjoy helping my prospects. I enjoy helping my marketplace. But what would be interesting is how do we define help? What's that consist of? That's really interesting. And and how do we kind of go to that next level? It's Quite often, our customers or prospects um, don't actually know that they need help. And, that, and that's the biggest challenge, I think, from, from a, a sales team is uncovering those, those customers because those that know that they need help are probably already halfway on the journey to overcoming their problems. Um, so, so first of all, it, it's understanding our customers' organizations. It's understanding the challenges they're likely to be facing. It's understanding what their competitors or, or peers in the industry are facing so you can help them understand um, where those challenges may be and you can shine a light on how things could be different. I think certainly in my world, in the, in the technical world, people get used to doing things in a certain way and they might not realize that there is a way that could be so much better, so much more effective. Um, so it, it's about kind of, chunking it down. It's, it's about kind of looking at those different levels and trying to understand how you can make the biggest difference to IT. Or actually, it's not IT's problem, it's the business's problem. Or it is the user's problem, but actually, IT is the person that we can help release that value inside their business. 
That's really good. It, you know, it reminds me of one of my all-time favorite sales books is a book called The New Solution Selling. It's by a guy named Keith Eads. Keith is a fellow Canadian, so I know he's really smart. And uh, so, but Keith was saying, and, and he he was in the technology space, just like you and, and Larry and I came up through the technology world as well. And he said, you know, the role of a salesperson is to move latent needs to felt needs. And, you know, the reality is, like you're saying, so many Every company has all kinds of problems that they need help with. They just don't know about the problem or they just don't know about the severity of the problem. So one of the things, you know, if you are a sales rep and you truly want to help, I think phase one of helping is 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 putting things out there, driving conversation to take, help customers understand the needs that they don't know they have. And, and that right there is maybe something that gets overlooked and it takes a salesperson to do that. You've got to do the digging and you've got to have the relational credibility and, and, uh, and trust to be able to have that type of conversation with a client. Right. Definitely. And that, I think that could be a real challenge for sales professionals because um, you've got to bridge that gap between having technical knowledge and enough knowledge to understand what the solutions are and, and what problems they are solving, um, mm-hmm. as well as being a sales professional. I mean, it's, it's a whole other skill. It's a whole other profession. Um, and, and how do you try and bring those two things together? And, and certainly those people that are on their way onto a journey to become a sales professional, uh, younger in their careers um, for, for what they're doing, how are you able to pair up that knowledge that they should have with uh, the uh, technical skills and uh, the sales skills at the same time. And I think that's one of the challenges that I really like. I'm a problem solver underneath all. That's what I like to do. I like to understand the problems. And problems come in many different um, uh, guises. They're not just technical ones to me. One of those challenges is how can we enable our sales team? How can we deliver better results to our customers and help more people? Um, And ultimately, it's it's how can we have those right conversations, you say, Daryl, and and uncover that without coming across as uh, a snake oil sales or or trying to forcibly sell a a round peg to someone that's got a square hole. Yeah, excuse me. You bring up a really great point because, you know, even if I look back on my career, what, what I really started to uncover is once I engaged in those business conversations, and that's where I geek out in. I love business conversations. I love the whole concept behind having executive level business conversations. But I would, but I would always be the first one, Daryl, and, and Daryl knows this because back in our careers, Daryl would be out on, on sales calls with me. And I would just say, hey, you know what? I'm not the most techiest person here. I'm not going to out tech you, right? But I will engage in a great business conversation with you. So I understand the issues and challenges that you're going through. And I'll pull in collectively smarter people and collectively we'll work on how to solve this problem. And I think that's the missing link when we really start looking at sales professionals that are operating out there. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but what you do need to engage in is a business conversation with high levels of business acumen. Definitely. I completely agree with that. Trying to have those conversations at that business level. And one of the questions that I always ask IT managers when uh, I'm speaking to them, IT directors is, so if I was to walk out of your office now and just go and ask four, five, six, ten of your users, what do you think of IT? How is IT in this organization? What would they say? And you see them stop and they go, hold on a minute. Someone's not asked us that question before. And actually, when was the last time that I thought, what do the users think? 
because the users at the end of the day are the people that are there. So the users in my world, the, the, the business professionals, whether that's the salespeople in their organization or the central services, the accountants or whatever, are the people that they're there to serve. They're the customers of the IT managers that I'm engaging with um, and getting them to stop and think what their customers are thinking and how we could help them, what challenges their customers are seeing, then that is where we can start uncovering that business value that you mentioned, Nari. Reminds me of my old uh, days over the last 15 years. I've done a lot of solutions training. It's where I met Larry, actually. And uh, you know, I, I used to, in that role, get asked all the time, Daryl, how do we find technical people who can sell? And I said, well, maybe you're asking the wrong question. Maybe what we need to find is business people who can sell. Not Because nothing, you know, nothing happens until you uncover a business problem. And we used to tell the reps, let's drive the business conversation, ask about their business goals, their objectives, and the challenges meeting them. And when you find a problem and they, you, know, you get agreement, yeah, that is a problem, then you say, hey, I'm no technical specialist. We've got an army of those back at the office, but if we could make this problem go away, would you be interested in learning more? And now everything's set up. There's an established need. It's connected to a business problem. And then, you know, Barry comes in as the CTO and the technical expert and is able to um, come in and have a problem to address. I think so much, so many times, and I don't know what it's like in your world, and, and you definitely don't have to disclose too much, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot of times when we find a technical specialist in the sales organization, the salespeople just kind of throw the technical specialist out there and go, you know, hey, meet this guy. He's really smart and, uh, you know, talk to him. But there's no business problem identified. It's kind of like we'd say throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing if something sticks. I think if we can get the reps more competent in having business conversation, it sets the stage up for the next layer of the sale so much better. Definitely. And I completely agree with you. I think um, we have wonderfully rich conversations with our customers at the point where you've got a salesperson that is engaging, knows the customer well, built relationships with the customer, understands their challenges, the nature of their business, can pass over to a tech that understands the technology and how that relates to the business. And we have this backwards and forwards. And I was listening to um, Mark Hunter's new book this morning whilst out for a walk. And he said, it's all about the team. It isn't about the you in selling. It's about the team. And it's who those people are. And for me, that really resonated with me because actually it's all of the people. It's all the way from the marketing person that's grabbed that person's attention or the salesperson that's then used the marketing um, person's resource. It's bringing in the technical person. It's passing it over to the project manager. It's how you bring all these together. And, and, and uh, the piece that, that I know me and Larry spoke about, it's that story that you're able to, to tell and then be mm-hmm. able to execute that, that then makes that magic happen. So completely agree. If we can... Um, work with our sales professionals and this is what I'm focusing on now to allow them to have a better understanding of the business challenges that we are able to help our customers overcome they're able to have those wonderfully rich conversations that they're best set out to do because at the end of the day they're business professionals and sales professionals yeah and what's what's interesting about this and I and it's just listening through this is I think there's a massive difference between sales conversations and business conversations mm-hmm um, and I'm not here to, you know, I, I think both play a, a role in, in the journey together, but I think what, what's happening, and I'm sure you see it, Barry, I know, Daryl, you see it, is we get caught up a lot in the sales world and having sales conversations. But we don't Which spend about us, about. right? It's we, sales we, conversations we, about me and my product. 
Right. As opposed to about you and your business. Right. And those are business conversations. Mm -hmm. Those, those are how you connect with somebody. Right. And, and, and to, you know, kind of throw the heart spin on this because it's the selling from the heart podcast. So why not is those are the conversations that's going to connect at somebody's heart. That's going to tug on their heartstrings is when you as that sales professional gets engaged in a deep, meaningful business conversation that gets that person in that business to start to think. And it's not going to happen from a sales conversation. Those sales conversations, they come in at a certain point in time. And I think we'd all agree, but in the very beginning, what's going to make you stand out from somebody else is those impactful business questions that you ask that gets engaged in a great business conversation. I completely agree. You've got to, there's many different stages of a relationship and a sales cycle and a technical designer, all these we're layering together as we're going through. We've got to start, we've got to have the connections to be able to, um, to start the engagement in the first place. We've got to be able to catch their attention to, to make them engage with us. And if I just looks like XYZ salesperson that's trying to flog you something, you're not going to engage with those people, especially in this day and age when everybody is on social media. You're getting 10, 20, 30 different sales uh, messages coming through LinkedIn at any given time. How do you stand out? How do you grab that attention? Someone like my attention, I'm a CTO for a, an IT reseller. So I've got people trying to sell to me all the time. Would you like to buy our products? Would you like to sell our products? So how do you grab that customer's attention? And then when you grab my attention, I then want to build a relationship with you. I don't want to be sold to. I don't want that kind of um, uh, that, that sales cycle where I feel I'm just being pressurized into buy something. And then it's all about the value that you can either give to me or my customers. Um, but and, and then, Larry, as you said, there are the right places for the sales talk as you're going through it. We've got to close sales at the end of the day. Um, we, we can't have wonderful friendships and no sales. Um, it, it won't work. We won't, we won't be a business at the end of the day. So at some point, at a certain point, we have got to make sure that we're closing the deal. Um, but it's all the right type of conversation at the right time. No, and, 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 here, and, this, would, and this would be interesting is because uh, you bring up a really great point. You're getting messages all the time, Barry, right? on whatever that message is, what would catch your attention? And here's where I'm going with this, because there's going to be a lot of people out there and I'm not, I'm not here to, to discredit anybody and their messaging and all that. We can all use messaging. However, we see fit. You'll see things like, Hey, you know, we got to shock and all or we got to pattern interrupt them and things like that. But I think the easiest way to connect with an executive is to act like one is to engage in conversation like one. So what would, you know, if there's some tips along the way to the listeners of the Selling from the Heart podcast who are listening to this, who are out prospecting for new business or prospecting for new conversations, who want to have those high-level executive conversations, what kind of tips could you offer our listeners that would say, you know what, if you want to grab my attention, these are the things that I look for, what would they be? That's really difficult, isn't it? Because you've got to grab my attention first of all and the things that people have done before probably wouldn't grab my attention anymore because someone's already done that before and this is one of the wonderful creative parts but certainly there are people out there that are spending the time to build a relationship with me I could probably tell you three four five people that if they now message me on LinkedIn I'd speak to them straight away because they're already talking to me they're already engaging they're already replying to my post but I'm aware I'm quite a public figure you can go on my LinkedIn you can engage with me easily because I do a post a day so it's quite easy to find what I like and engage with me. Other people that are in the same position as me 
I'll, they will log into LinkedIn one day a week. They will have very private profiles and they're, they're very different. So you've got to try and find something that's going to engage with them, that's going to grab their attention. I, I do marketing as well. And it's all about kind of attention, isn't it? If we can grab some of those thought cycles of someone, if we can make them stop and think in a slightly different way, then that's the point. But then once you grab my attention, it's about building a relationship with me. I've got to feel that I'm getting value and I'm not being sold to at that point. And then I will then start to build a trust with you. And then that's likely when that relationship's going to go forward. It's not easy. Sales is a hard job, but it's also a really rewarding job. Hey, Daryl, it goes back to listening to Barry. It goes back to one of my favorite sayings is if you want to have an ever flowing sales funnel, you got to build an ever flowing relationship funnel. And if there's anything and Daryl and I preach this all the time inside selling from the heart, is the relationship building skills that many have in sales could really use some improvement It's because we're so, and and again, you know, please don't take this the wrong way, everyone. There's a time for sales conversations and all that, but what you're, if all you're doing is in sales mode all the time, you miss the most precious point of the whole thing. I have to get to know Barry. I get to get to know what Barry, you know, how Barry thinks. I need to understand how Barry ticks. And it doesn't have to be a long drawn out process, right? You said it, Barry. I mean, we live in a world today that if you want to get to know Barry, I mean, follow the guy on social, right? That's how I've gotten to know Barry and built that relationship with Barry is just based on what we post, comment and engage with. Obviously we've had phone conversations and so forth. It's not that hard. It's just, you know, sales professionals out there, find a way to engage in those heartfelt conversations. There's enough stuff out there at an executive level that you can find that you can flip this and open a really great business conversation. You don't have, I, in my opinion, and I'm not a marketing guy by no means, but I don't think you have to pattern interrupt or shock somebody or be outlandish to attract somebody to you. Just engage in a normal human conversation and watch what starts to happen. Cause I can flat guarantee you, Barry will go, Oh my gosh, finally, Somebody who's actually speaking like a normal human being. I know that's funny, Daryl, but I think you get the point. I, I love what you said around uh, relationship funnel. I heard that on your podcast a few weeks ago and you were talking uh, about it, obviously, in the current situation. And I really like that. Who's in your relationship funnel? And, and it's about the authenticity with that. It isn't about fake relationships because they will be sort of mild off. And, and oh, Larry, I know you're Mr. Authentism, all about being authentic. And that is really important. But the, the amount of introductions I get on LinkedIn that are simply a copy and paste either from an email. So it comes in my in my LinkedIn inbox and it's this long. I've got to scroll down to read it. I read the first sentence, see it's that big and just, yeah, I'm not going to reply to you. And the, the other amount that literally are using the same two sentence paragraph. Uh, what, what was the one I got the other day? Oh, it's the second time that you've come up on my recommended connections list. I thought it would be interesting to connect with you. And I sit there thinking, well, why wouldn't it have been interesting to connect with me the first time? Why didn't I stand out the first time? You're kind of offending me a little bit then. It has to take two times for you to be interested. Um, and, and you get so many of them kind of thing. Come on, just just, just be real. It's so good. I think that, you know, I, I'm just, as we, as we wrap up, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, it, it's interesting when, when crisis happens and we've certainly been in a crisis and, um, you know, when that happens, you turn to trusted relationships, right? I mean, that's, 
you know, and, and crisis happens all the time, by the way, it's happened on a macro level, but crisis crises, I think is the plural happen all the time inside any business. And, and who do you turn to when there's a, a, a problem, you turn to your trusted relationships and Larry, you say, you know, we always want to prospect for opportunities. That's the, you know, hunter inside us as salespeople, but uh, you know, hunting's good. But with that steak, I also like a baked potato. <laughs> so you got to do some farming too. So the the relationship side of sales is really important, and you nurture those things so that when you nurture relationships, so that when the crisis happens, you're the person that's there. You're you are you've earned this place of trusted advisor. You're going to have a crazy high win rate because of the credibility that you build up. So. If there's if you're prospecting and there's no immediate opportunity, or if marketing hands you you know a quote unquote hot lead and there's no you know immediate opportunity, farm it. Get to know you know build the relationship, develop the trust, get to know the person on the other end. And Barry, I, you know what you've been saying today is that nurturing relationships is going to pay off, and it's probably going to pay off really big in many cases over time. Definitely. It's, it's, for me and, and my organization, Computer World, it's all about the partnerships. It's about the partnerships mm-hmm. we have. And that's not a, 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 it's not an empty suit of a promise. Mm-hmm. This is real. Hey, Barry, I, li- I like that one. Thanks for, dro- thanks for dropping the empty suit in there. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Larry wants to give you a high five. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or <a> golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's that some of these things are used too often as a, um, as a false promise. We want your partnership. No, we want to sell mm-hmm. you something and then run off. And right. for organizations like ours, it's all about those partnerships because we want to build a relationship. We really want to feel that we're helping those organizations. And of course, we are a commercial organization. We are looking to also build a profitable business. But that's understood. If we can help your business and you can help our business, that's what a partnership's about. That's why we call it a partnership and a relationship because it is two-way. And I think our customers do understand that. And it's about nurturing those relationships to make sure that they can see our value in the early days so we're able to then build that relationship and become that trusted advisor that you mentioned Daryl because at these times people do turn to us and the, and there are other micro crises that you see mm-hmm. in an organization an organization has a big problem going on inside it who do they turn to they turn to the people they know they're going to trust at that time and we've got wonderful examples of that inside our customer base but it's how do we create more of that how do you build that from a cold start in into those strong relationships is is the challenge that we're constantly looking at well, it's interesting. I just I just want to throw one more thing in, in here, Daryl, just about the relationships and so forth, because I, I think this will it'll really cement things because I'm a I'm a big proponent. This a lot of the podcasts we've been talking about today has all been about relationships. But the what I'd like for people and I encourage people to think about is how do you define a relationship? Because we hear about it all the time. Hey, I've got great relationships. And I'm not here to discredit the relationships that you have. But what I would like everybody to think about is this, is if you have such great relationships, quote unquote, with your clients, then how come many in sales struggle to ask deep questions with their clients if they have great relationships? And if they have great relationships, so-called, with their customers, then how come they struggle to go high, wide, and deep and really connect to their customers? 
So it just begs the question as we wrap up the podcast, Errol, is, you know, maybe an action item moving forward is, you know, this is challenge people clearly define what a relationship is, because if relationships mean a lot to you and your organization, then it's up to us to do something about it, to invest in that relationship. And I think that's why a lot of salespeople struggle with asking those deep, meaningful questions that's going to get somebody in Barry's capacity to think and ask questions is if you have that great relationship, I mean, I could ask Daryl anything. I can ask Barry anything. I don't mind. We've, we've invested in the relationship. That's what I'd like people to take away from this, Daryl. I think there's also people out there that don't realize they've got that relationship. I could probably name to you five, six, seven salespeople that I know that have built those relationships with me. But if they came to me and said, look, Barry, I really need a hand. I really, could you introduce me to a couple of people at the moment? I'd, I'd really appreciate that. And I, I would do that for them because mm-hmm. they have built that relationship with me. But they're not in touch with me. They're, they're, they're not doing that. And I'm not going to proactively sit here going, oh, that person's probably needing a little bit of a hand. I'll, I'll throw them the bone kind of thing. Yeah. That's not how it works. So it's all about how we use those relationships that we have built as well. That's a really interesting point and, and obviously a subject of a complete little podcast. Wow, what a good conversation. So, so many uh, bullet points, so many nuggets of, of truth here. And I've got, I've got so many ideas sparking inside my head. We'll, we'll get to probably talk about next week on the podcast. Larry, I got a really great idea to share with you cool. from this. But all of it, you know what? This is great, Barry. I, I got to say just a huge thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. I know it's in the evening where you are and you stayed up late for us. Thank you for that. Dude, um, if Barry goes to sleep right now, then, then boy, I'm telling you, I would, I would question that one. I'm just trying to paint him as someone that sacrificed to be here. <laughs> oh, look, I've been on that many video calls this week, but this is really good. Well, hey, thank you so much. And uh, Barry, we appreciate you. To all of our listeners, thank you to you. It's great to hear from all of you. It's great to hear from you on social. We'd love to connect with you. And a special thank you to everybody who's leaving us reviews on your podcast app. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can scroll down and leave a review. All the other platforms have reviews as well. It means the world to us because it helps us spread the message about selling from the heart. And it is an important message indeed. So until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, take the time to nurture and build your relationship funnel. And most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.